Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Big Dumb Increase, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the 72nd episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane, along with my lovely co-host today, Gabby. How's it going today? Oh, you know, here I am. Talking super quiet and away from the mic. You gotta get oh, closer. Oh, sorry. Here I am. <laughs> and today with me, I have One Thumb L and Mike. How's it going today, guys? Very good. Very good. Good. How are you? Not too bad. So I guess for anybody that hasn't heard of you, at least, L, um, before we get into everything, why don't you uh, let them know a little bit about your podcast and what you do? Yeah, so my podcast is the speed bumps podcast and i bring people on and just talk about their speed bumps in life uh it doesn't have to be your biggest traumatic thing um it could be anything that you've learned from and i just chat with people about these things and sometimes their story goes the whole episode sometimes it's like a 10 minute chat and then we side rail and talk about other interesting things uh and it's like great cat buttholes yes <laughs> <laughs> that happened with Gabby. anybody that hasn't so, heard that episode go and check it out <laughs> yes definitely and uh i just realized mike you've never been on my show nope. that's gonna happen at some point um 
but yeah, so I just chat with people about their speed bumps in life. So I guess it's a good time to uh, turn the table a little bit because today we want to get into your guys' spiritual life together, which in a way could be like a speed bump. So turn the tables. This will be the first time that you've gotten to do your own kind of show. This is true. <laughs> so wherever you guys want to start, I want to hear it from the beginning. I'm going to let Mike go first because he was spiritual before I was. So kind of going down this journey of different religions and things like that and certain pieces fit certain pieces didn't um got to a place of somebody who was uh more spiritual or magical or whatever you want to refer to there uh started kind of opening my eyes to different things um what i didn't realize later on was somebody told me that they pulled the veil away from me uh between between this side and the spiritual magical side uh, pretty much at an, at an older age that usually isn't done. Um, some of that practice, they, they were kind of testing abilities, things like that. Um, push pull energy, things like that. And how to shield your mind, how to shield from th that kind of piece. Um, and this person you were dating at the time and they didn't have good intentions. I found out later on, I found out later on that there, there was a, a very dark energy and entity that was attached to them. Um, there was one day where I literally um, did a cleansing on three vehicles, one of them a very large vehicle, um, and a house and like three people all in the same day. And at that point, I was using pranic energy, which is basically your own life force as the power for that for that energy cleansing which i later learned uh is not good for your body it takes you know it's again it's your life force so you're using your own your own life energy to do that um so uh, at that at one point things were kind of breaking down uh talking to a friend of mine about reiki i go in to go see uh we go in for like a, a two different massages for reiki and i was supposed to be the second one and the guy comes out and he goes you guys are here for the Reiki, right? Like, yeah. He goes, you, let's go. And I was like, but they're first. And he's like, nope, you're coming first. Because, and what's funny about that is when I got to my friend's house, um, I told him I felt like talons were coming out of my chest. Like I got to actually feel the talons coming, like tearing through the inside. Um, so it's a, so there's a lot of different ways this kind of goes. And I don't know if I'm connecting the dots well. Um, but learned about all of this, learned that there was a lot of dark things or things to be more aware of. So learning that protecting yourself is the first and foremost thing for yourself or anyone else that's kind of going down this path um, or decides to uh, not knowing what you're playing with, I guess is the way I'll say it, or, or messing around with, you can open up some things you don't mean to or not realize what you're doing in the process and make mistakes uh, in that end so well even if you're just empathic you you know there's some people if you go into like a large crowd you feel very drained when you are around all these people because literally sucking your energy so knowing how to just put those shields up so you're not being a human battery whether or not you're doing quote-unquote magical work or reiki or anything like that just knowing how to protect yourself in that way is really important too 
So before we get continuing with the story, um, what are some ways that you would recommend people to protect themselves if they were just starting to go down their path, this path and they knew nothing about it yet? So, yeah. So I, for everyone's different and you have to kind of figure out what makes sense to you or what feels right. There is no one size fits all answer, but some things that you can try are uh, imagining a basically like an invisibility cloak around you like Harry Potter or imagining yourself in a column of fire or a column of water, uh, imagining yourself in like a bubble and everything bounces off the bubble. Um, some people use tourmaline or obsidian or hematite, which are crystals. Some people use oils. Some people uh, basically... And when they start to feel it, they say something like the phrase that the phrase I, I will first teach goats is that which is not mine will go back to that from where it came. Because then there's no karmatic attachment to it. It's just it's obviously not mine. It needs to go back to where it came from. And you have no intention behind it. It's just you recognize it's not yours and it needs to go back to that person. So. And, but he has another way, too, of, like, repaint the inside of your mind. So, so one of the techniques I was taught was basically envision you are a miniature version of yourself inside your skull, to, and you're there with a holder, and you're painting the walls inside your mind so that that way you're creating a barrier from intrusion uh, for anybody to, in that regard. I've heard another person taught me that uh, imagine yourself in a uh, white robe or something to that effect and then you're on a white table and you're in a white room and you kind of envision that or like you're, you mentioned with the sphere where you create this energy field of protection in, in your own hands and then you learn how to expand it and expand it and grow it so that, that way you can encapsulate yourself and then eventually some folks will begin to uh, encapsulate their their room and then their home and then you just learn how to do those types of things some people do different types of protections with um, herbs or uh, salts or things like that with their with their properties to try to create different barriers. I mean, a lot of people that have seen the movie Supernatural, their favorite thing in that show is salt, right? So <laughs> That's I was going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> so th th there, there's some truth to that in, in, in that regard. So. In the painting inside of your mind is especially works really well for like psychic protection. Whereas a lot of the other things we were talking about are more of whole body. So and, they, and these things can be used in conjunction. So if you're like, hey, uh, stones plus painting the inside, that works for me or whatever. Like You can mix and match whatever works for you. And if you get to a point where you feel like you have all this energy that isn't yours and you don't really know what to do with it, people have heard of grounding. And that can be as simple as... Uh, going outside barefoot uh we're getting into the colder months so if you can't go outside barefoot standing in a shower and just imagining all the things that aren't yours or all the negativity rushing off of you and then being washed down the drain like those are both really good ways to ground yourself and just clear yourself use the elements you know what's weird is the shower one you mentioned that's something i've been doing my entire life without realizing it <laughs> yep but uh, for somebody that was trying to like protect their home, so say they lived with people that didn't believe in this type of stuff, do you have some recommendations on how people would kind of protect their home and even people that don't believe in the woo-woo type stuff? That is Mike's category. So 
I'm big on using sage for cleansing. Uh, sage is great for drawing it out, burning sage, you know, going around clearing as far as that goes. Um, over time, it became, from the things I learned, I felt like sage was great at clearing, but then when you pull something out, so if there's a negative thing in a space and you take it out, now you have negative space, right? There's not, there's some, there's, there's a void there that needs to be filled. So either A, you backfill it with love and, and good intention, or something else has to go there. So you, if you leave that void too long, something negative can refill it again. So I use Palo Santo as my next clearing through the space so that that way, because Palo Santo is meant for clearing, but it also backfills with positive energy. It's They call it holy wood, um, different things like that. So those are kind of basics. They're not buku bucks. They're, you can find them at most shops. Um, so it's easy for anybody and everybody to, to find these things. Um, the crystal points above the doors because then if someone so so another thing you can do is uh you can put uh hematite or tourmaline or uh clear quartz or smoky quartz at the doorways um to draw negative energy cleanse people as, as they enter through kind of set a barrier at the portals of entry um things like that um you can also put mirrors up in front of your doors so that you like have to see before you walk in. So if anything is attached to you or somebody else, it can't look at itself in the mirror. And so then it can't come into your home. So you'd put it on like the outside of your door or like on the inner wall as you walk in your door. I, so whenever possible, try to set it up so that that way, um, it, before you cross the threshold, you have to look at that mirror. So, so right like inside mirror... your door, you could do it. Yeah, like you can put the mirror inside so when you open the door, that's the first thing that you see. Does that make sense? Yeah, I almost wonder. There's a lot of houses that are built like that. I wonder if that was something that started off intentional in the past and as time went on, it kind of got forgotten what the original meaning was. Kind of like, you know, the witch's windows, for example. Yeah. It had originally had like a supernatural meaning for doing it, but people just kind of forgot along the way. Well, and I learned about that. I was looking, I went to a shop one time and I thought it was a really cool shop. So then I'm trying to show it to a friend and I pull up the website and I'm like, hey, check this out. And I'm looking at the pictures and I'm looking at the pictures and I'm looking at, then there's this mirror. So the way it is, is the, if you were to walk from the door into the store, there's the mirror. And then behind that is a, is a coat rack with, with robes and stuff. Now, from a marketing standpoint, you always want the thing they're going to buy in front of it. So they put it on and then stand in front of the mirror. Why is the thing that you're going to try on behind the mirror? And that didn't make sense to me. This is one of those puzzle pieces that didn't work for me. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I, my brain is just stuck on this thing, stuck, stuck, stuck. So I finally go up to the, sh we get to the shop the next time. And I'm like, hey, let me ask you a question. I noticed this about the mirror. What's the deal? And she says to me, she goes, that's my intention. I have, that's literally set facing the door as a form of protection. And that's how I learned about the mirrors and how to, and how to use them as a form of protection for your space or area hmm. that one's really cool i feel like that's uh one of those hidden ones that again like i was saying that not a lot of people realize absolutely or the uh the seeing eye the blue the blue seeing eye oh you're um, talking about the uh the God, they call them god's eyes too right yep 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 just it, it's it's meant to to make negative energies disperse um primarily is what, what i understood it to be so you know We've got a few of those throughout the house, just fending off, you know. 
What's your guys' uh, belief on like dream catchers, for example? Do you think that they are just mainly intended for getting rid of bad and I guess possibly good dreams too? Or do you think they also have a protection aspect to them also? I believe that in the original intention of the dream catchers, um, they held all the possibility of capturing the negative before it entered the dream or if it was in the dream and got caught there. Um, and then, uh, as, as I remember it, it's supposed to be set on the east side where the sun rises so that we would basically burn out any of that energy that it captured throughout the evening. Um, I think that all holds true. Uh, good dreams? I don't know about that part because I don't think it was never designed that way. Um, now that things are mass produced, I, I struggle with those. Anything that's built with the uh, love or intention that's set forth while you're making it, I think that holds more power because you're putting your intention and uh, fire into it, so to speak, so that that way it's going to be that much more intentional because you're designing it for your loved one or your friend or whatever the case may be, as opposed to, you know, some machine that's building 58 of these things every every three minutes you know there's there's no intention there's no there's no love or, or affirmation that's put into it. if anything you got to go to uh if you don't know native american people in your family you have to go to some type of like reserve or something and get some custom made single piece because then it would still kind of have that love and intention and handcrafted and shipped to it i guess it would exactly. still kind of have love in it no matter what even if the person didn't necessarily know you because if that's their art and they're taking their time to do it it has that intention in it Agreed. to begin with Absolutely. Absolutely. Because because it's a it's a for them, it, it, even if they don't know you, it's their love of the work, their love of what they're hoping it'll achieve for the person getting it. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So I guess hopping hopping back into the story now that uh, you said that you're kind of starting to figure out what was going on. Uh, what, what was the next stage that started happening? So the next stage um, that relationship with the uh, the person uh eventually dissolved but not before me seeing a few things that just because i was still learning i didn't know what was right what was wrong it was basically hey here's this whole world and then left to wander about the store all by myself and go i don't know how this works i don't know what this does i don't know how this all ties together um so getting a lot of people that were good for guidance and finding alternatives there were different uh, shamans I spoke with. There were different uh, practice pra people that practiced different, uh, whether it was magic or um, Native American work, uh, as far as different from the different tribes, just anything and everything to learn a little bit of, on that to get to a point of going, recognizing that what's happening under the roof was not a good thing. So uh, she left and... Uh, I expected some stuff was going to be off. So there was a lot of clearing and cleansing after that, but I didn't realize how many booby traps were set. I guess is the way I'll say that uh, until sometime later when it was time to move out of the house. Did so, she uh, title herself as anything? Goddess. Did, did she like, what, what was she into exactly? Like, did, did she claim to be like a Wiccan, like anything specific? She said she was a, a, a pagan, a pagan goddess, um, and it was her, the her and her two sisters were were part of the, uh, the sisterhood of the three witches, and there was a, there was this whole story that went to it. Um, 
the if you read up, there's a book about the Morgans, uh, uh, the Morgans. It's a, it's a group of witch sisters and things like that. She would acclimate them, herself to those to that story, and kind of that's where the roots were. Um, she had descendant or anything like that, or did she? Is there any type of connection that you knew of? It was a claim. I don't know if there was an actual connection. Um, so later on, I realized that there were some other mental health issues also in play. So many multiple personalities. So I would recognize some of them, like to the point where one personality was left-handed, where the rest of the personalities were right-handed. See, like that stuff always throws me off because we look at it like it's some type of like mental issue. But like, if you believe in the whole idea of consciousness and vessels, like it could be multiple consciousness consciousnesses trying to all take hold of the same vessel, I guess. Like, I don't know. It's just a really weird thing, especially with like the left hand, right hand thing. And if she was claiming to have been like a goddess of some sort, it almost makes me wonder if she was, you know, bringing something in and that's what she was letting take control at certain times. Like, did she mention any weird names or anything? I think she's had a bunch of different attachments, to be honest with you. And she just kind of let him take control over her? Because when I was taken over, basically, it they, they were all different. Now, do you think that you got taken over? I guess, not not to cut too far into that part of the story, because we haven't quite reached that yet. But uh, when you were taken over, do you feel that it was done by her herself, consci- like her consciousness, or something else that may have been attached to her that like left part of her to take o- over part of you? I feel like it was both. Because there was multiple times that it happened. And so it like once it was her, but once it was like her, but not her. Like, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Well, I guess we'll hop back and bring it back forward to that part where we uh, skip part of the story. But (laughs) all good. So, yeah, uh, we met Mike and I met maybe a year, year and a half after she left. And um, when I met Mike. I was a Sunday school teacher who thought magic it was a bunch of woo-woo and pagans were bad and magic was bullshit and crystals were bullshit and essential oils didn't work and yeah, all those things. And he had this room in his house that he called the magic meditation room. And I was like, I think this is a little odd, but, you know, to each their own, like, whatever. And he had all these books in there and crystals and herbs and an altar. And I'm like, and he would go out and do full moon work. And I'm like, all right, well, like, you're not like, whatever. Like, I don't get it, but sure. Well, then, then, then you get, there's a bunch of stuff weighing you with her at the time. And energetically, there was, there seemed to be a lot going on with her. And I was going through a divorce. So I looked at her and I says, I'd like you to go get a Reiki. And you said, and I said, I don't believe in that. So I said, I, that doesn't work. I No, first you said, what is that? Oh yeah. I said, what is that? And I said, so I, I explained it's energy work just to try to help out. Well, I don't believe in that. I'm like, well, that's perfect. You don't need to know what it is. You don't need to believe in it. Here's the best. Here's the worst thing that will happen. You will lay down on a table quietly for 30 to 60 minutes and nothing will happen. You will just be silent and alone and quiet for call it 45 minutes. That's the worst thing that could happen. I'll pay for it. 
And what was odd is typically I research anything new, anything I'd never heard of, anything I don't understand. And shut up. And <laughs> he's nodding his head over here. And uh, I didn't research Reiki at all and didn't really ask him any more questions about it. End up going and getting the Reiki done. And I, and she also did tarot at the end. And when I left, I came back and he's like, so how did it go? And I was like, you told her stuff. She knew things. But then I'm realizing some of the stuff that she knew, he didn't even know yet. So it couldn't have been him. It wasn't on Facebook, wasn't on Instagram. I wasn't telling anybody about it. This person was a stranger to me. Like, how did she know? And I felt different. Well, and I literally, I literally at that point looked at her and I says, here's my phone. Here's a message. Can you do a Reiki? When can you do it? Her name's, her name's Al. That's it. The first time everybody gets mind fucked by somebody that actually knows how to do tarot is a whole weird thing. Cause I was one of those people that never fully believed in that kind of stuff. And I had one specific person. I was like, all right, 1% can actually do it. The other 99 just know how to read people. But that 1% though will completely change your mind and it'll just make you look out for the real ones. You know, like I make the lame dad joke all the time. If you ever knock on a psychic store and they say, who is it? It's probably not a good one to go to. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So lame. Hey, that's my job. I'm I'm lame. I'm I'm a dad. I get to make as many dad jokes as I want now. Fits my title. Yeah. Well, that and you know where you keep them, right? In the dad a base. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> We're just gonna add to it there. We'll just keep it going. Oh, man. So, um, hopping into after you had your first experience, you went home. Uh, what what happened from there? It just it took me a good few months to process like what had happened. <clears throat> and during that time, uh, he took me to my first crystal shop, and <laughs> and I walk in and I'd never been to one before, and I was immediately drawn to this labradorite heart that was about the size of my home and I'm just carrying this thing around and I go to hand it over to the shopkeeper and it was burning hot and I'd only been holding it for about five minutes and she was like oh you make crystals hot and I was like what are you talking about because to me it didn't feel hot he touches it and like there was no way like scientific Newtonian scientific way that I could have made this crystal as hot as I did for the short of a time that I was holding it in an air-conditioned building so he had picked up some stuff but i had this feeling like she had a temper tantrum is what happened <laughs> not a full-blown temper tantrum but pretty damn close um i felt like i needed something I, I didn't know what this feeling was and i'm like trying to articulate what i'm feeling and everything else and i'm like getting really frustrated and i don't remember if it was you or the shopkeeper but one of you were like is there something here that you need in the shop? Like that you want? I was like, I don't know. And I, yeah, it was bad. So, so I, this is my, now my second time in this particular shop. Right. So and the, the one time I've been there was the day before. Mm -hmm. And so the shopkeeper recognized me from the previous day and we're in there walking around. And I said to her, I says, can I, can we look at this case? She's like, yeah, take what I take out whatever you need. So we're pulling these trays out for her to go through for, to find this thing because it was in this one particular four foot case, but there's multiple tiers in this thing. It's a glass case. It's closed from the front. So it's like a jeweler setup with the openings in the back. Yeah. He's behind there pulling the trays out. 
And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm doing. Like what? And he's like, just, you'll know. And I don't know if you told me to like start kind of like put my hand over it and see like where my hand stops or if that was the shopkeeper. I think it was a shopkeeper. But I basically ended up settling on this rose quartz pendulum. And once I had it in my hand, that temper tantrum feeling went completely away. And I was like, oh, this is it. And then we get in the truck and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I, was gonna throw a temper I was going to throw this temper tantrum over this crystal. And the weirdest part to me is I've used it maybe three times and I got it in 2019. Hey, it was needed for a certain thing. That's one of those things that called to you. It was needed for a certain thing. And it's <clears throat> got to follow your intuition because there's a lot of people that don't know how to do that. And yeah. coming from somebody that's an empath, like when you get a gut feeling, there's a reason why you have it. It's your natural instinct telling you something, whether it's something like picking out a crystal, for example, or me personally, when I do tarot and I do single card reads, I kind of just do this thing where I grab what feels right. And just even just interacting with people, like if something doesn't feel right, something feels off, like stop pushing those feelings out, like you know, trust, trust your intuition, like just words of advice to everybody. Well, yeah. And people always want to know like, what crystal should I get first or something like that? And I'm like, you'll know, like you'll walk in and you'll go to a specific one and then you'll play with a bunch and then you'll just know that that specific stone that you're supposed to have. And you'll realize later, you know, I always grab what I feel like I need. And some of them, I know what they do. And some of them, I don't. And the ones that I don't, I'll buy, take it home, and then I'll go look it up. And I'll be like, oh, that's really fitting. And that's why I need that. But had I tried to force it, it, it doesn't work like that. You just, like you said, you have to trust your intuition. Absolutely. There's going to be pieces that fall. I've gone to, one, I've gone to some shops, and like one of them was a round table. And they, they had these chalices, basically, of all these different stones. And there was one in this one chalice that I needed. I knew it was mine, but I didn't know which one. And I'm like, can I use the table here? They're like, yeah, go ahead. So I move the bowls back and all the chalices back. And I make this section of the table and I start dumping them all out, spread them out. And I'm walking around, moving the stones around with my eyes closed. I'm just feeling the energy of them. The ones I don't, that aren't me, I put them in the chalice. Then I make it, then I keep doing this like three times. And the shop owner is just watching me. And uh, I finally settle on this one piece. I'm like, yep, this is the one. And they're like, not many people will take the time to find the one. They just dig in, grab something and go. Or they'll find one because they like it because it's polished or that it's, you know, jagged or it's pretty or something like that. Like that's the, the pretty one or the polished one isn't necessarily the one that's going to be right for your situation. And in some instances that we've gotten some pieces where have to have it, can't leave the store without it. But there's literally a drawer that we have of stones that got to the house and they're waiting for wherever they're going to go home to because they got here, but we're just the transition spot for them to find their actual destination. Cause we'll have people come over and they'll be talking about something. And one of us will be like, Oh, you need to go to the crystal drawer and we'll pull out this drawer and there'll be all these like different size stuff in there. And they'll know they'll be like, Oh, it's this one. And be like, okay, that's yours. And we were just the conduit. We were just holding it for them. <clears throat> I mean, there's that's it's like that for a lot of situations in life, though. People think that they're like the final for something, but really you're just like a stepping stone for something greater to happen. 
But just a random side idea that I was just randomly thinking about, like what was both of your guys' first stones that you picked out that drew you that kind of got you into the whole stone concept? Well, I guess I kind of got hers already, but what was yours? And no, also- mine was Labradorite. Yeah, oh, it was different. Oh, okay. And then uh, Gabby, also, what was your first stone that you were drawn to? Clear quartz. Clear quartz? Yeah. What about you, Mike? So I don't know what my first stone was. I think for a lot of the work I was doing at the time, I know the first one I kept looking for was smoky quartz because I was tr- trying to draw that negative negative energy. Uh, I was looking for a pendant that I could wear that would um, keep it from getting inside. Like one, th- I didn't realize this at one point. I was wearing um, a two-piece uh, pendant and it had, I forget the stone it was with it, but then it had an amethyst with it. Seems nice, right? Well, come to find out, I would go to my Reikis uh, for the different for the different Reiki masters I would see, and one of them looked at me like, "What are you doing with that?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm using it because of the main piece here, and the amethyst, you know, helps it." They're like, "You know what amethyst does, right? It amplifies energy. It is not discriminate. It will amplify good or bad. So be careful with amethyst." And I was like, "Well, shit." <laughs> what was your first stone chain uh, I forgot what it's called It's what's that one Gabby it's, I said it reminds me of Game of Thrones I don't know the name of it right now Bloodstone it kind of looks like a, like the throne from Game of Thrones it kind of has like that like black and gray look tourmaline tourmaline is that it I think so hang on that's kind of spiky yeah and it's it like tourmaline. breaks off in like chunks tourmaline oh, yeah. yep, yep. So going into those two, um, the one that Gabby said, the white quartz, and then that one that I just said, um, what's what's like the reasoning for both of those? So tourmaline is clearing and blocking of negative energies and clear quartz can, it's the master healer. It can be programmed for anything. And so whatever intention you set behind it, it can do. The thing with clear quartz is that because it can absorb so much, and do so much it has to be cleared frequently and so to clear a stone you can put it in the moonlight you can run it under water whether that be your sink or a brook or a creek or whatever or rain uh you just have to be careful because some crystals will melt when they get wet like selenite um some crystals want to be put in the sun uh some of them you can sage it something you just put on the ground like you have to figure out what works for you and what you think that crystal needs, as weird as that sounds. So one of the first things I would do to clear things is uh, use the four elements. So wind, fire, water, and earth. So basically take a cup of each or a bowl of each or whatever um, and put them through the four different elements. So that way it got grounded out with the earth. It took the wind from the... From the uh, um, incense it took the fire through the candle it took the the water that i and you're not using tap water the idea is to use something a little more pure than that um ideally if you've collected rain some rain water you could use that so because it's actually from the element um and now you're running it through all four elements getting it to do what it needs to do so that was my first piece with that of of how to clear stones and things like that and we also put our crystals on uh, selenite plates or logs every night. 
So uh, continuing on with the story after, you know, the first initial crystal shop experience, uh, what, what happened after that? Uh, I would say the next big thing is we had, we were going to move into a house together. And so we were, no, it's probably the mirrors. I'm going to back up. So it was the mirrors when we were still living in another house. Um, I had my own place, but I was over at his house a lot. And he had a mirror in his bedroom that was there when his ex was present. And I started feeling like I was being watched from this mirror. And he ended up taking it down and. You cover it in white cotton uh, as a pure barrier or things like that. So it couldn't be seen uh, again because, again, mirrors can also be portals, as we've seen in many movies and over time. I believe movies tell a lot of truths hidden inside the movie. So uh, not everything is true. Uh, don't get that twisted, but there's a lot of truth in that. So wrapping it with a white cotton, doing things like that. And then we started going through the mirrors of the house, um, seeing which ones became uncomfortable and removing them as necessary. So we did that. And then, when we went to go move, we found a lot of stuff in the basement. Um, and I don't know about you, but most people's basements aren't, it's not like the main part that they live in. It's, you know, it's boxes, it's random shit. It's a little bit cluttered, messy, things like that. You get some dust bunnies, you get you know, some, some of the crap that's coming out of some of the materials you brought downstairs. You got the lint from the dryer that's blown around or whatever. So, I mean, there's just stuff down there, right? Everyone, a lot of people had basements. And, uh, but he had told me she was very particular about like when she would brush her hair to always dispose of it. She didn't want it used against her and things like that. Um, so we're cleaning up and now he's, or, you know, packing boxes and he's finding little things that were left behind. Uh, a hair left behind. Yes. Like where he was finding them and the things he was finding, it was like a necklace. It was a hair clip. So, so my military dress. No, do that last. Well, I guess before we get into that, though, um, what was the reason for her leaving? If you don't mind me asking, just because I'm kind of curious, what like her reasoning may have been for like leaving these traps behind. Like, leaving was it traps? did it leave on a bad note? So yes. Um, so short version she'd been messing around with somebody else and um i had known i'd kind of i sensed it kind of that whole empath piece like i soon as it soon as that switch or that connection was severed i sensed it uh called out on it and apparently this individual was able to turn negative energy into good energy and so she, he was like a battery for her and how to convert things or whatever the case may be so that was where the drawing came in and um, but by leaving all these little things, it was ways that she could reaccess his house with like basically little portals. So it wasn't like a revenge type of thing. That, that, that was kind of what I was trying to figure out. Oh, no, it was. It was, it was set. So, so there was a common thing that was said, uh, about with, with some of the folks that she was, uh, that she had on her side of the relationship, I guess I'll say, where it wasn't uncommon to take a hair tie and leave it on the back of a doorknob. So that, that way they could basically use that as their 
beacon of where that location was. Um, so it was basically like a, like a tracker. And the more beacons you leave, the brighter the spot, right? So would, would she have like hair attached to these like hair ties, for example, or was was she trying not to leave hair? It was just like a personal item left behind. So could be so most of the stuff was just personal effects because just like you can set an intention with a crystal, we're thinking we're thinking of it from a a good or a light side of things. Just because one side can do it doesn't mean the other can't. So just a personal item rather than like her DNA. I didn't know if the hair tie had something to do with like her hair leaving her DNA. It's just just like a personal item. So at first they were just all little personal items, uh, you know, necklaces, hair clips, uh, notes, business Eye cards, eyeglasses, like really random stuff. But where you were finding it, it wouldn't make sense where you were finding it. Uh, when one of the last things we moved out of the house was Mike's military uniform. and under this military uniform was this softball sized thing of hair and it was not mine. And Mike is almost bald. So thanks. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so at that point I'm like, okay, so, so we leave mirror, we leave, you know, we, I have to make sure I cleanse the uniform because I don't know what else has been attached to it and how long that hairball's been sitting underneath there. Because you take something of a strong attachment to one person, put it under something important to somebody else. Now you could be tying a connection there. And again, I'm still, hey, we're all, I'm still learning to this day, but I'm very new at this time. And she's got, you know, years of experience that way ahead of me. So I don't know what is or isn't being done. So now I'm just on this uber careful. Everything is treat everything as a threat and protect accordingly. So, and that was the first time that I felt like I wasn't me and I got taken over, possessed, whatever term you want to use. Um, so right after finding that hair, is, is that like what? Right around the same time. Uh, and we had had a friend helping us move who also knew his ex and both started getting headaches, both started having all kinds of issues. Like, all kinds of not good feelings, we'll say. Spiritual and so, attacks? Yes, yes. I literally left in the middle of a move to go to a metaphysical store to get copper. And I didn't understand what I was doing. And I got copper earrings. I got a pendant. A pendant and I got a couple other things. Bracelet. Bracelet. And I got her, the, the, the friend, a stone. that mm -hmm. I forget what it is now. Um, and had her put it in her pocket. Uh, so, so what what is intended or copper intended for? It's a great product to, um, for all intents and purposes, block witchcraft or block witches is basically the idea behind it. Um, Another one of those subconscious feelings coming back that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but at well, this point, I learned when they come to go listen. So I, I didn't argue. I just literally like, I was like, I have to go to the shop. I'll be back. Um, and the friend believed us, but like, I don't think so, she was totally so, sold yet. So uh, it's not about selling at this point. The, the thing about it was as soon as they were adorned in copper, um, basically, 
um, they both started feeling better, like almost instamatically started feeling better um, because it started severing the connection. Um, so was, was it like jostled up because you were moving stuff around? Is that what you think kind of like started it? That, that or unintentionally touching things that I hadn't touched. So now all of a sudden, um, think about if somebody walks up to you with a cold hand or a hot hand, right? So that for the first time in a long time, that uh, a hand, hot or cold, whatever you want to call it, touched your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you don't know who it is because they're behind you, but you can feel that hot or cold hand. So ultimately moving those things, because that's a tether, like a spider in a web, that tether, it felt something tugging on a string and knew something was in the web. Gotcha. That makes sense. So also to another random question I was thinking about, if you had her hair, um, could you have like theoretically took that hairball that she had and like turned it back against her? That probably was possible now that now, you know, few years later down the line and I talked to a few different people and things like that. So I probably could have, but at that point I wanted to sever the connection and the tie. I wanted to turn that beacon off or separate that part of the web or however you want to categorize that. Um, and at this point I, we were started, we were doing Reiki and um, I was kind of protecting myself, but not as much as I should have been. And the veil had been lifted. And I was already starting to see things more. Um, and like having to tell, you know, basically dead people, like, I'll help you. But like, I don't want to see you because that freaks me out. Uh, and so I was very open and exposed. And my defenses were basically down. And we didn't realize how down they were until one night we had a friend over and this she had done it his ex had come through a few times and so I'd gotten to the point that I could basically sense when she was knocking now and I could say she wants to talk to you do you want to talk to her so Mike said yes mind you I've never met this woman uh never seen pictures of her I don't know anything about her okay and she this one starts talking and body disposition changes the language structure changes tone of voice changes and so our friend that's there knew the see, sees this and literally went oh hell no and walked as far away on the property as she could <laughs> because she's it was like looking at the person, but in a different show. Was this here, this person knew th- that X you said, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So there was a full recognition of, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. And then they walked off. And I'm telling him things and telling her things that I couldn't have known. And I, I don't remember much because I wasn't. It was very much like I was a passenger, but like a passenger thrown in the trunk. And I had no idea where we were going. So I guess coming from Mike's side, do you, do you remember like a basic idea of like what she did say? If there's any information that's, you know, kind of important to the story. Not important to the story. She was definitely trying to, it was a lot of taunting. And if you think you can push me away, I will, I can stay here. I can do this. I can do that. And I'm a firm believer that 
time, time, money, and patience, you, anything is possible. So uh, you can be telling me a million different things, but if I've got enough patience, we'll figure it out. Did she, uh, like say what her reasoning was that she wanted to remain so attached to you? Or like, was there something specific that benefited her from being attached to you? So this particular individual, I can say when, as when I looked back, constantly kept contact with exes of her past. So when I look at it from a energetic response or energetic situation, it wouldn't surprise me if she would, would you classify as a succubus? So just trying to basically harvest energy off of everyone rather than it being for any specific reason with any specific person. Yep. Tapping into anybody and everybody. So that almost makes you wonder too, with the whole multiple personality things, if that may have been one of the other entities that were coming through or attached to her was some form of like a succubus. Could be. And that's, and so watching and knowing what some of these were, that's possible. Yes. I, I don't, I don't know for sure, but they, cause there was di- almost like there were different ages. It was almost like there were different situations. Like I, I, but you could definitely tell there was a something going on. So at- is there like a particular uh, personality that you noticed happened to come out when she was like in a romantic situation or like when she was talking about her ex, for example? No, it wasn't, it wasn't like that regard. It was more of a, um, Think of it almost like DID, where it's like a disassociative, where like if like if I look at the different time frames, there was a, an event that happened when when you learn the individual as a whole, there was a situation that happened at that age of that person's life. So then an alternate personality was brought in to protect the the age. Uh, let's say let's say it was ten years old. So mm-hmm. there was there was another personality that was brought in to handle that, so the ten year old could stay innocent and pure. And then all of a sudden, a 15-year-old version had a trauma that happened. And then so the, that version was built and the protector was brought forward again. And so as these different trauma situations would happen, either the, 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 the defensive version would come forward because it could take it. Whereas, but I don't know. So I look at it and as I'm talking about this now, I'm almost wondering if that defensive one came forward but was that actually a dark energy that wanted that dark thing and that dark energy for the event that actually occurred and so actually it was feeding the dark energy piece so every trauma actually made it stronger see that's kind of what i was just kind of thinking too that or i was kind of wondering if i mean it can go on both sides of the spectrum whether you believe in it from like a modern day science perspective or from a woo-woo perspective that with the whole trauma thing with coming in at certain ages either that could be when the one person's personality splits to keep the remaining one so that they can almost be like a different person and maintain like who they used to be or two looking at it from like a woo woo perspective. That could also be when a dark energy comes in because of a trauma that happens in their life. And that may be where they start to split, or it could also be that there was a dark energy there to begin with all along. And it splits off different fragments of that person's consciousness as they go through life. And then each version, each split of their consciousness kind of takes on a personality of its own because of its different life experiences. Makes sense. Makes sense. But, Gabby, you got the cat there. What, 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 you got any questions with any of this or any thoughts? Oh, no, I'm just here for the ride. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. She she's she's connecting with me telepathically, so I'm asking the questions that she's thinking of. Fair Sorry. enough. Fair enough. There's certain ones that I could tell she wants to ask, so I've been asking because I know she wants to ask it, but she hasn't asked. There you go. There you go. But I guess going back back even far, farther into this now. Um. So what 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 was the next thing that started happening after uh you're dealing with the hair situation and her being taken over by this other person coming through and then you were interacting with her and you know basically she was saying like you know come at me so what what was the next thing that happened after that so uh there's because we're talking about this so much i had to go get a shit ton of crystals and i'm struggling right now too that's why i keep making the faces is because she's knocking very loudly it was like we summoned her and it's weird so I'm gonna let him talk for a second, but the shop where I basically tried to rip the lady's head off. So she is she is uh, loaded up, and and she Elle's not just she's just not being herself. So I ask her, I'm like, stay in the vehicle. Um, I'm gonna go inside. So I talk to the shopkeeper that I've known for a while, kind of explain what's going on, and she's like, okay, well, have her come on in and. I don't know because I also want to make sure if, if there's a if there's an energy of sorts. I don't want that to be inside. I don't want to invite that to somebody else's space without any kind of warning if I know it's there, right? So she says, "No, that's fine." She goes, "I'm set up for things like that. Like, don't, don't worry about that." So this one comes in and is walking around, and at one point is hissing, hissing. At the shopkeeper. Like literally hissing at her. Was this like when <clears throat> the other person was like fully in control or was this when it was kind of like a half Not and half? Not fully in thing? control. But was fully because I remember apologizing and knowing this isn't me. Um, but being very angry. And like I was saying things to this woman that I would not say. And I was not me and uh, like told her I wanted to harm her and I was going to harm her and uh, like was lunging at her. Like it was very odd. Do you think that was because she knew what you were there to trying to do? So she was trying to like get you kicked out of the store or whatever, trying to just fight everything she could to make it so that you couldn't get what you needed to get. Whenever, whenever a dark thing is present, one thing that I've seen a commonality with is that when the dark thing is present and there's an opportunity for that dark thing to be ousted in some way, that it gets in defensive mode because at the end of the day, any creature will go into self-defense mode if it thinks its life is in jeopardy. I mean, it sounds a lot like any other demonic experience. I mean, not that this one was particularly a demonic experience, but, you know, they'll kind of play cool. They'll do that whole like, oh, it's cool. Come in, do your thing, whatever. And then as soon as it starts getting down to the nitty gritty is when they start going into that defensive mode and start flipping out and just your reactions, like you were saying, remind me a lot of like when you're starting to get to that point in like an exorcism when they start actually fighting back because you're starting to figure out what their name is to try to take control over them, you know? I don't remember... I don't remember anything she did, actually, to be honest with you. I don't 
remember anything. And then I know that she told him, she told Mike to go do some things around the house that to this day, uh, he won't tell me. And I won't ask because I recognize that there's still a potential connection there. And I don't want her to know. So I won't ask. We're talking about like protection things for the house. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. Um, Like he could tell you in a text, but I, I will never know. Yeah, because I mean, it's honestly, like you said, better that way, because if she is able to take control to a certain expect- aspect, I'm sure that she's able to almost like look inside your mind to a certain extent. So if she did that, she could one, either find a way to take more control where she could use you as a vessel to remove those items, or two, then she becomes aware of those items and then she could find a way to counteract or counterbalance those items. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely right. And that's and that's why when it comes to certain things, some of them are known and some of them are just uh, practices. And, and, and again, so I'll talk to shamans. Uh, I, I talked to one person, they do a certain, uh, a, a dragon magic. I know another one that does witch magic, like another one that practices hoodoo that, that, that like, uh, so there's a little bit of protection from all different aspects. So you might know a language, but you're not going to know all the different languages that are active more than likely. And so, and if, and, and if I'm changing out the combination on a regular basis, then even if you figure out the sequence at some point, it's going to change again anyway. So keeping that constant change, like you change your password on your, on your accounts for security reasons, do the same thing with your, with your protections. So going on to like the other side, not like in a in a dark way or anything, but did you ever learn anything on the like offensive side to like kind of do kind of push back at all? Or have you only kind of learned the pr- protective side just because of the situation? So um, there's been times where uh, it's more the defensive for the most part. I, I don't. It's go away. It basically, Cliff Notes version is it's go away. You're not welcome here. Um, stay away. Like they're like, I don't. You can get into the gray and then get into the dark very fast. Planned way in my opinion. It's it's a slippery slope, and then you got to worry about the karma and the and then all of a sudden, if you're doing a dark thing, then what other dark things are going to recognize that and then be attracted to it? And so, it it becomes that slippery slope, and it's something that I'm not comfortable with inviting things that don't need to be oh i even meant just from like a bringing positive energy to you kind of a side like i didn't know if you like purposely tried to like do some like offensive magic i guess it's it's still kind of defensive in a way but like offensive in the aspect of like trying to like make your life better so i think i'm trying to think of Take a spin on this because I'm I'm getting stuck where he's at. I know he's, I don't so know. So when there's been certain large events coming up uh, involving his daughter, he's asked for certain protections in that realm. Um, that's probably the one that comes to mind the most. I can't think of any other time that you've. Like we've never used it like try and get rich or anything like that. 
Um, but I mean, that's, that's still a good positive thing though. Like, you know, if you just have some, something going on with your kid or just whatever, just, you know, you're trying to have a good day cause you know, it's going to be a down day and you have like an opportunity to be able to use like something offensively, I guess you could say not anything that could turn dark or turn bad, but just kind of like bring positive, good energies to you before the event actually happens rather than trying to do it as a defense because an event happened. So I, I guess the, the, the more constant piece that I do along those lines is when like, if I'm doing full moon work, um, part of my process is giving thanks for the things I've been blessed with, or we've been blessed with since the last time the full moon was round and, uh, saying thank you, just giving, giving thanks and being grateful for what, what has happened since. And some of some of those things that happen to us, they they suck when they happen, but they, but there's a purpose, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, being thankful for the learning opportunities and for the growth opportunities, and that some of the some of the asks that were laid before uh, were answered, and and saying those things. So, not exactly a I'm going to put love out into the world kind of piece, but it starts there, and then um, you know, do some of my full moon work processes, and then at the closing. Um, Again, kind of give a, a thanks for everything that you've provided. Here are some of the things I see coming on the horizon. Um, if you can fill in the blanks as best you can on those things and any additional guidance for things that you see, I, you know, the powers that be, whatever you believe in a higher power is, just can you aid, aid us through those things uh, going forward? So uh, not as much as a, uh, it's not a boxing match, I guess is the way I'll say it. It's more mm-hmm. of a, Let's throw it out there because I believe in manifest, manifesting what you put out too. Um, if you've ever watched the, sh- the movie The Secret, I think the power of attraction and the law of attraction is a very powerful thing. So putting those things out there, if you're constantly in a place of, oh shit, then <laughs> oh shit will constantly happen. And she tries to remind me of that because sometimes I get very frustrated at times with some of the stuff that we go through. Um, but she'll look at me and be like, there was one time when the truck was down and it was all kinds of issues. And she's like, you know, just uh, we're thankful that we have another vehicle to use and that we have alternative options and we can get a Turo or we can get a rental car, or, you know, the, the whatever. So, so a lot of times we get stuck on the negative. So this does come full circle, I promise. So, <laughs> you know, if, if we take those things that are negative and not try to fight them, like it's a boxing match, but just take a, that may have sucked in the moment and the experience. However, look at what came out of that. What did you, what are you learning from that? And then how do you place that full? No, Does I definitely agree. Cause just through my life, I've seen a lot of experiences where almost everything that's bad that's happened has later on resulted in something good happening that would have never set forward that chain of events unless that bad thing happened. So, I mean, just keeping that positive mindset on things, it's a good thing to have anyways. And in your particular situation, uh, like you were saying, it's like karma. You don't want to start battling back and forth because then you're not being any better than the other person. But if the other person's sending negative your way and you're defending yourself against the negative, and then you're also doing like the offensive positive, like kind of like how we're, we're, I was trying to, you know, kind of talk about a little bit. Um, you're not just, you're not attacking her. You're kind of just like pr- maintaining your bubble, expanding your bubble and protecting your bubble all in the same all in the same mm. move, you know, rather than like yep. pushing it back. So that bad karma never comes back on you. It just bounces off the outside of your bubble in a sense, you know? And then, there's been a couple of times where 
I don't like that this, I felt like this was necessary, but there were times where I basically shot an energetic ball of fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. I basically shot an energetic ball of fuck off and stay away. Um, just enough, like almost like a pulse weapon where it was just that one burst and just, just enough to know I, I do not want to do this. We do not want to do this. That's well, almost like a warning shot in a sense too. Like I feel like with the sense of a warning shot, it doesn't have the intention of hurting behind it. So it has a different cosmic repercussion than just, you know, blindly shooting at somebody, for example, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And when I when I put things out that when I'm asking for something that I'm like, is this really for me or am I is being greedy or whatever? I always ask that it be for the highest good and the purest of intentions. So not my highest good, but source God, whatever, that highest good. And that any intention that I'm putting behind it is just completely pure. So I can't think of an example right now. But like, if you want something good for your kid, you recognize that you like you want the best thing for them, but also you can't protect him from everything. So for the highest good and the purest of intentions, you know, that this situation work out for them. You may not be able to protect them from that negative thing happening, but they can experience that event and learn from it to have a better life moving forward. You can help them stand back up afterwards rather than, you know, the fall is going to happen no matter what. And you can either be there to help them stand back up or you can let them keep fumbling until they figure out how to get themselves back up. Right. So with her intention setting that she does, that's kind of the same idea. Like, I know that some things are going to happen that I may not may not want to endure. However, I recognize that there's a greater purpose. And so for that greater purpose, whatever that is. So. So uh, kind of going back in your story a little bit. Um, what did these events start to like dwindle down? Because obviously they haven't like completely stopped. But like, was there like a peak moment where something happened and it started to taper off or is it just like a constant thing you guys have been battling with? It just kind of pops up more at certain periods in your life. I think it really went away after we went to that shop and I got cleared. And he, like I said, he was told stuff. And for the most part now it doesn't, it it doesn't really pop up. Um, There was, there was a stretch there where we were literally, uh, we were literally clearing our cat. Um, oh yeah, the cat got possessed. Like, like literally, like pulling the cat, going, "We love you, but you need to, you need to smell these herbs." And 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 I'm expecting the cat. To, I'm just like like you read the stories about trying to give your cat a bath, kind of thing. Like I'm expecting to get mauled all God's green earth um, uh, by this cat and and I and I'm saying to myself as we're, we're trying to get her to smell these herbs, I'm like this cat is never going to want to be near me ever again. Like they're going to be tormented through all this. Ah, now she's almost my cat. <laughs> Side note like- too, for anybody that, you know, thinks that sounds a little bit out there and weird, like cats have always had a connection with like witchcraft, with spirituality. And I'm a firm believer that cats can also see through the veil. So you know, there's there's Absolutely. a lot of signs that if there was any type of animal that any type of this witchcraft or anything like that would come through, it would be a cat. So for, just want to throw it out there for anybody that heard that and was just blindsided by it. But 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And and to your point, I mean, if you there's a we've gotten idea uh, used to the idea of witches and cats in the movies and and all these different things bewitched back years ago and things like that. Like that was that was how it was always equated. But to your point, they were familiars. They were they were the gatekeeper and the connection with the witch to the other side. I mean, even looking at Egypt, um, look about how much of like the magic that came from Egypt that was like predating like witchcraft as we know it also involved cats. There was cat gods. Like there's there's always been that connection with cats and magic with I- ancient societies way before like any any type of like witchcraft as we know it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's always been absolutely. there. I mean, they domesticated themselves. Like how weird is that? They're the only animals <laughs> that really domesticated themselves. <laughs> well, they they wanted servants. Exactly. Like they wanted what, to go back to their old ways. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> They're the gods um, of the old. <laughs> yep. And that's uh, ours. Is ours is snoozing right now. But when she comes off of her slumber, uh, she'll 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 ask for her attention properly given. So. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of those uh, hiding around <laughs> me right now. To be honest with you. So it's weird to hear someone say they have only one cat <laughs> yeah it sounds weird because we, we got eight and then we have an unintentional ninth outside because i befriended a cat who used to just come to my yard i didn't know where he came from uh, i started feeding him getting him to come closer and closer to me each day then i started letting him smell me and then i started letting him pet me or pet me i started petting him <laughs> and then uh yeah now he just you know he comes every morning he i'm pretty sure he honestly lives in our yard at this point so he's pretty much like our outdoor cat but completely unintentional. In a way, he kind of like domesticated himself because I just was friendly to him and he just found a place that he liked to be. And now it's like, I'll pick him up, carry him around the yard. He'll follow me around. So unintentionally nine. <laughs> sometimes he's too needy, though. Yeah, sometimes he's a bit too needy. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he's just always there. I'm like, bro, go away. <laughs> I'm trying to run inside and I'm like, put the food down, just distract him and I run away. It's usually my go-to. Like we'll, op- I'll open the door in the morning to let our chickens out, and he'll already be standing by the back door waiting for us. I'll go out at night, and he'll be waiting back there. I'll come home from work, and I'll look in the backyard, and he usually be sitting on the chair watching the squirrels. Like he's always there. <laughs> but when you go inside, the hard part is you don't want to leave him alone because you feel bad for him because he'll sit so there and sunny. cry at the door. So you gotta like give him food, distract him, and then run inside real quick. <laughs> he will follow you to the back door, and sometimes he'll like sneak in the house and just hang out in the laundry room. Yeah, he's crazy. We call him Calvin. That's kind of, that's kind of cool, though. But you know, following this conversation, I'm almost wondering if uh, there's a symbiotic relationship there between you and the cat. And while you have the eight cats indoors, you have the one outdoors that's almost energetically watching the property yeah. on your behalf. And the weird part yeah. about him, too, is that he kind of protects and watches what I do. So, like, you know, if I have to get rid of rats, he'll start chasing the rats away. Like, he kind of picks up, like, the energy of what's going on and, like, reacts accordingly. Like, if I have him in front of my baby chickens, like, he's not going to react or do anything to him. But if I'm, like, sitting here looking like I'm hunting rats, next thing I know, he's running around the yard trying to hunt rats. Like, definitely picks up on the energy and knows knows what's going on. You are familiar. <laughs> not to mention, uh, I also have have Cherokee descendant or, you know, blood in me. So, mm-hmm. um, I've talked to Whitney Fox, shout out to her. And, uh, she believes that I have a lot of shamanistic things in my past. So that would also explain my like whole connection with cats. And I've had a lot of, uh, weird psychedelic experiences. I mean, <laughs> as my... they're all trying to get around you right now. Yeah. As I'm talking about them, they're all trying to get around me 
where like my cats will react to the same things that I'll react to. Like they see something that's through that thinning of the veil. And there's been a lot of like strange experiences like with that. Like I had one cat in particular that didn't really bond with me. Um, he was really into her, which is cool. And uh, I had this one psychedelic experience and I like saw him, but I saw him differently than I'd ever seen him before. Just like his face looked different. It had like a totally different like texture to it. And he was looking at me differently. Like he, like I could like see him and he could see me finally. And he bonded with me that night. And ever since then, he's been like attached to me. So again, kind of going into that whole like spiritual cool. connection with like cats and just like a weird thing with cats. Like there's something to them, you know? Yeah, it was the oh, one yeah. I was just holding, the orange one. And now he's like his podcast buddy. Yeah, he he sits on my lap usually when I'm recording in the bedroom. He's my little he's my only one that I trust that'll sit on my lap and not chew my cords. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But that's but that's that's that connection piece. Again, you didn't plan for uh, the ninth cat. At least I don't know about the other eight, but you didn't you didn't necessarily plan for the ninth one. But we honestly didn't calling. plan for any of them. It was all like they're all rescues, honestly, and it was just kind of like a time where they needed us or we needed them, and <laughs> now now they're all here. Like our last ones that we got, um, we had a brother and a sister before that, and uh, it was just like a, during a time where after Gabby had the baby, she just kind of like wanted like another like animal to kind of love and stuff. So we uh, actually, no, this was before that we had a boy and a boy and a girl pair. One of them ended up passing away. So we both kind of had this like empty spot for like a little boy kitten. So she's going on some random pages and weirdly enough, it ends up being on uh, her mom's birthday. Um, and anybody that's not familiar with it, um, her mom passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so we ended up finding this mom, which is again, weird because it was her mom's birthday and she had, of kitten with her that ended up being a boy. So we ended up picking them up um, because they needed somewhere to go. And that one cat that her brother passed away, she was a black cat. So all of our other cats weren't black. So she was kind of like the loner. And because we got these two, um, they all three of them bonded together because they're all black cats. So it gave her somebody because she was missing somebody because of her brother. And it also filled the spot for us because we were missing having like a little boy kitten. And now he's like raising up and stuff. And in <laughs> turn, we also got to give a mom on her mom's birthday a home, which is her, her mom's nickname was Mama Bear. So we named under the name of her Kuma, which is Japanese for bear. So she has the same name and she's like the, I don't know, she, she's kind of weird. She's like, all the cats are very much so into us. And that's the one that only really likes us for food, but loves my daughter. So she ended up becoming like my daughter's cat. Which is kind of yeah. weird because if you believe in that whole karmic cycle of things, that one, it's was on her mom's birthday. It's named after her mom's nickname, and three, it watches over our daughter. Like yeah, three kind of weird like, signs, right? Yeah, like a protector. Uh, like she's watching over her. Yep, exactly. And it was on the day, like it was like a sign, like it was intended to happen. Like all of our cats have like a story where it was like intended to happen. Well, but you mentioned though it was weird. Like one thing I was taught as i started getting down this road is weird strange crazy. odd crazy those terms eventually go out the window because uh, that that the normal is just based on the 80 percent factor so or what everyone is ex willing to accept but strange is just means it's different than what everyone's accustomed to right so but once it becomes a part of your life and you're looking at these animals and the and the attachments and the 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 path that how your lives cross with theirs and how they're bonding and everything else like that was intentional so strange maybe but there was the 
it was a higher purpose to it. Do I know what it is? Nope. But, Talk about another weird one too. I have this Sphinx that I was obsessed with. I had to get a Sphinx and I could never, I couldn't find one. I finally found a breeder <laughs> that, uh, that had Sphinxes, not, not a normal breeder, but it was, um, from a vet that had bred them and they weren't intending on breeding them. So they're basically like getting rid of the ones that they were going to use for breeding. So there was one left and they said, you know, she's kind of, she's kind of, kind of frisky she's not very friendly um she's our last one left um you know you can come check her out if you want to so they bring her in the room she's flailing she like wants nothing to do with these people and then uh they set her down on the table i walk over to her and i put my nose by her she walks up and smells my nose and starts purring and rubbing on me and the lady goes she's never done that with anybody ever and i go yep i'm taking her i want her <laughs> so ever since then dude she's been a super attached bonded to me like once doesn't want to be away from me. Like I'm surprised she's probably sleeping. She's yeah. She's sleeping over there right now, but yeah, just that that's one of those cats that it was just like a connection. And I was like intended to be her person because it wasn't even like I had to be sweet to her and coerce her over to me. It was just like, I came in, she smelt me and acted different than she's ever acted to anybody else. And they even said that there was multiple people that came in that day trying to adopt her and she wanted nothing to do with them. <laughs> and here she is. Not eight or seven, eight years later. (laughs) (laughs) She, she found her person. She found her home. Exactly. So, uh, starting to wrap up towards the end here. Um, I like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So I think it'd be cool to get words of wisdom from both you guys from two different perspectives of the same kind of a story. But, uh, yeah. What, what are some words of wisdom you guys would like to bestow on the listeners? Uh, what I'll say is there's going down this path or being aware of the path. Um, if you start going down, the first thing I'll, I would advise anyone is learn about how to protect yourself and how to keep yourself energetically clear. Um, that is the first and foremost thing because um, you don't know when you could inadvertently become an uh, the meal for an energy vampire, you could, you know, things like this. And so there's a lot of different forces out there that as the veil gets removed or thinned out for you, that could be inadvertently attaching to you. So first things first, learn how to protect yourself, keep your energy clear and uh, clear yourself all the way across the board with start with yourself and then work outward from there. Um, then, grow from that point but learn how to protect yourself you can't the way the saying goes what you can't fill a cup from an empty pot right so um same idea make sure yourself keeping yourself clear yeah start from the inside and then move to the outside yep now how about you l uh trust your intuition whether that's with a crystal or an herb you're called to or you're walking through a parking lot at night and you get a little sketched out or you're with someone and you're like, hey, this doesn't feel right. Whatever that intuition is, it's there for a reason and listen to it. I like your words. I like both of your guys' words of wisdom. But I was thinking as you were saying that, that if I ever had the tables turned and I had to answer that same question, I probably would have said the same thing as you. Follow your intuition and follow your gut because that's two things that I've learned to live by in my life and they haven't steered me wrong yet. Yep. So, trust you, that's one of the things that a lot of people, have, that, as I've learned through this, have always said, you got to learn how to trust your own intuition because if you're questioning that, that's where the problem's going to lie. Yeah, because you're questioning your 
inner self telling you something's wrong. Like that just shows how kind of messed up society's kind of pushed us to be where we don't rely on ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Absolutely true. But I know you don't have links, Mike, but for anybody that would love to come and check out Elle's show or anything cool she has going on, maybe even an interview with you on her show in the future, uh, where do they come and find everything, Elle? Uh, you can find the Speed Bumps podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google. I would appreciate a follow and a five-star review. And on Instagram, I am one O-N-E thumb E-L, one thumb L. And I'm also on Instagram at speed.bumps.podcast. And you can find all my links at campsite.bio slash one thumb L. Spell out the one. I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. I'm sure. I, I think this is your first podcast, correct, Mike? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully it wasn't too weird. <laughs> no, no, no. It was great. I appreciate being the one that gets to uh, <clears throat> pop your podcast, Cherry. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Got to make one more dirty dad joke. Oh, boy. This is getting interesting real fast. <laughs> <laughs> we got the flip-flop going because L popped Gabby's podcast, Jerry. So I got to do the flip side. So this one's been a fun experience. <laughs> oh boy. This is a whole different. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Got to end the show with a laugh. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, thank you also to my lovely co-host today. Not that she spoke that much, but you all got to start somewhere. Yep. Just talking about cats and their buttholes usually. <laughs> cats, buttholes. And she popped in about, uh, what was the other thing she popped in about? Oh yeah. Making fun of my dad joke. So the yeah. usual. <laughs> yep. And to all the listeners out there, I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure I'll have both of them on sooner or later again. At some point, it'll definitely happen again. And uh, just have a great night. Catch you on the next one, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.